queers. Hey, bitch. Long time no talk. <laughs> Long time no talk, bitch. <laughs> so just to let you guys know that this episode that we're introducing, Psycho, is another recording of our lost episodes. Yes, the lost tapes. So we decided to sort of update the beginning of this one. And um, so you're not listening to something that was going on weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Months, it feels like. I heard you have a question for me. Hit me. Okay. Our topic this week is sort of kind of about drag. Sort of kind of maybe. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, If you were a drag queen, what would your name be? And what would your brand or aesthetic involve? Oh, bitch, I have this mapped out. I'm ready. I've already bought the heels. I have the tights, bitch. I've... um, I mean, am I... Will I end up ever actually doing drag? I don't know, because, bitch, it is work, okay? Uh, my boyfriend is a drag queen. Shout out to uh, Leilani Lopez. Look that bitch up on Instagram at oh, Ms. Leilani Lopez. she is everything, bitch. Yes, get into her. Follow her. So I, I see it day in, day out. I see how hard the work is. And so I don't know if I'm if I'm equipped for that, but, bitch, I would live. Um, so my, <laughs> I already have this planned out. So my drag name is Buffy Myers. Ooh. Ooh Buffy Myers. I, wonder I already what... knew that because I was there for the inception of that. You were. Name. You were there. And I was literally texting you over and over, like, should it be this? Should it be that? And, you know, that was that was probably a, that was a while ago. And not much has come of it since. However, <laughs> obviously, she'd be, like, she'd be a, a spooky horror queen. But less, like, ghoul like ghoulish and more like the girl that gets like murdered in the slasher film you know <laughs> yes almost almost like i would say like a horror cheerleader <laughs> like that oh right so buffy of course comes from obviously buffy the vampire slayer the my hero what scream is like in movie form is um what buffy is to me in tv form like it's the show that literally molded me into who i am buffy and sarah michelle geller have been my hero since I was, you know, a wee lass and um, yes. Myers, I took from Michael Myers. I was, I was like thinking, I was like, should it be Buffy Voorhees? Should it be? I don't know. So I remember that well, Buffy Voorhees was. Uh, it was almost like what, what were some other ones? It was like uh, Buffy Campbell. You know, I don't know. We were just like, oh yeah, Prescott. Yeah, like Prescott. Oh my god, Michelle Geller. <laughs> Buffy Michelle Geller. Yeah, Buffy Michelle Geller. The times that I've seen you with the makeup, with mm-hmm. drag makeup, you've looked stunning. Oh, I don't know she, why you don't do it. She, I think that you'd make is, a phenomenal performer. Oh, she is stunning, darling. Look at my Instagram. Yeah, if you look at my Instagram, literally, that like I think maybe like a couple, two weeks ago or something, uh, yeah, uh, Leilani, she got me in geesh and she just, she put me in face <laughs> and I put on her, some outfits and her tiggle bitties, just paraded around my room and it it was everything but my favorite picture of you in like makeup is you as poison ivy oh my gosh uh yes one of my you looked stunning oh my gosh one of my very favorite halloween costumes um my makeup was done by uh, a good friend of mine again check her out her name is elementary she's a san diego based queen yeah so elementary give her a follow her makeup looks are sick people still make fun of this today like to this day about this but i went to a, a halloween party that night at a friend it was like a, it was like a work halloween party and bitch i was i walked in there like i was you know like you I, were uma thurman like i was ID. uma thurman i was like as i told lady freeze when i pulled her plug this is a one-woman show. 
And I, uh, I was like, I, there was a costume contest, and mind you, these were all my friends. The results came out, and I lost to somebody <gasps> dressed like Bruno Mars. I was like, are you joking? Did people not see what I looked like and how much fucking effort I put into this costume? What an outrage. I would have walked up there anyway. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I should have pushed that bitch off the stage. The stage was I would have been like, how dare you? And then you could, and then you could blow a kiss and make, make them all pass out. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm on the stage, but it was literally in somebody's backyard. It's oh. not that important. But <laughs> But um, but what was, a travesty because you oh, looked great. Oh, thank makeup, hair, nails, outfit. It was everything. Butch queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, butch queen realness. Yeah, my so, drag name would be okay. So it's it sounds basic, but when I give you the story, it's gonna be awesome. Okay, so my drag name would be Michaela Christine. Ooh. I will tell you why because I don't know what the fuck happened in the medical system when I was being born, <laughs> but I was breached and I was also like flipped. Like I was, I was breached. So I was like right side up, and I was flipped the other way. So my front was facing my mom's spine, and so oh. they couldn't get a good look at me on ultrasound. So they didn't know if I was a boy or a girl, which is an awesome backstory. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. So they didn't know, and so the midwife just guessed. She was like, "But the way that your stomach looks, I'm gonna say it's a girl." So the whole lead up to me being and they were born, right <laughs> girl cl- yeah gr- uh, girl clothes girl crib girl everything and my mom picked out a name which was Michaela Christine <gasps> oh that's then sweet. I would not come out so I was like two weeks overdue and the doctor was like we have to get this fucking growth out of you <laughs> oh my so he was, she was, he was like okay we're gonna schedule you a date if you go into labor before then great but if not you have to come in I had to be c-sectioned they pull me out out of my mother and lo and behold I had a penis (laughs) so my mom was like what like they had to return all the clothes they had to the only thing they couldn't return was the crib so I had this like magnificent white and gold like queen crib but I mean it's totally suitable for right and this is why folks you know putting gender norms on babies is you know detrimental because what if she just bought you gender neutral clothes she wouldn't have had to take it all back right I love that and I love this backstory for me I love that I love it it's like this whole like mystery about my gender and then I come out and I'm this big old queen so I almost feel like McKay Kayla Christine is this feminine female side of myself that I've never tapped into. So if I did drag and I was tapping into that, I would totally be Michaela Christine. May I make and... a suggestion for your, for the rest of your last name? Oh, oh um, shit. Think, okay. You ready? I think it should be Michaela Christine Lane Matthews. What do you think? Ah! <laughs> Absolutely. If it means that I'm part of the house of Stacey Lane Matthews, <laughs> 100% I'm Henny. down Henny, Henny Yes I would totally be down for that Who And my aesthetic <laughs> Daisy it's me your daughter <laughs> um, My aesthetic would be That of a 90s runway I don't know that. that I would do anything horror focused Because that's who I am as Frankie So I mm. think that I would just try to separate A Michaela from myself And I would totally lip sync to like Tina Marie and Fanny Oh yes Six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you nasty girl. Yeah, like I feel like that's it. Yes. I remember love we that. remember we went and saw Raja in at the crib in San Francisco. Yes. And she performed to 
Anaya Day's rendition of uh, Nasty, Nasty Girl. Girl. I will never forget that because that yeah. blew my mind. Yeah, and we were that. I mean, we like Drag Race and everything was still fairly new when that was. So like, I wasn't. Yeah, going to, it was, we were so, on season three. Yeah, and so I wasn't, and it hadn't even ended because she made. I remember. I specifically remember her making a comment about something Shangela was doing next week. No, yeah. you know, I think that Shangela had just went home that week. Oh, maybe. And she maybe. said, finally, that booger is gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. Oh, I love oh, that. Are you so, watching All Stars 5? What, what, what do you think I'm... What kind of question is that? <laughs> yeah. What do you think I'm... I should be slapped. Menta- <laughs> some sort of mentally challenged airhead or something? <laughs> you think I'm not good enough for All Stars 5 or something? I, I didn't know if you were a queen of knowledge or an uncultured swine. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is both. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> so who are you rooting for? Who's your oh, favorite girl? Of, girl, of course, Miss Shea Coulee. Robbed winner. And like this first episode, like her, she looked expensive when she walked in the room. Her the challenge, presentation yeah. of her entrance made all the other queens look like they were living in her world. Like, like, Shea Coulee right. was the first one in the door. She looked phenomenal. Her whole aesthetic has always been great. But now it's even that much more elevated. She looks great outside of drag. Everything presentation-wise oh, yeah. is on point. She said glow up. She looks fucking great. No, she looks amazing. And um, that that second episode, she it. slayed it. And one of, let's be honest, one of the worst songs in Drag Race history in that challenge. One of the what? worst episodes. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was a terrible song. That they I'm sang. in love. I'm in. What a slow ass tempo. Yeah, and and uh, honestly, please stop letting them choreograph themselves. They look uh, stupid, and it was just a. <laughs> Ugh, it was terrible. But so, Shea Coulee put up a great example of her talent. She killed her verse. She looked great doing it. And yeah, her runway. Everything. Bitch. I died. She said, I love the skin I'm in so much, so let me show you every inch oh. of it, bitch. Oh, it was. It's it's out of this world. I and fucking so- can't. My eyes have been on Shea Coulee all of season nine. And as we got into All Stars 5, I was like, I, I know I'm Team Shay. I know I'm Team Shay. Yeah. So, like, going into it, as soon as she walked through the door, it's like I, all eyes on Shay. These other queens, just as talented as they are, to me, it's Shay Coulee's world and we're just living in it. And- yeah, I love the lip sync assassin idea. I don't know if I'm convinced that it's, like, the best way to do it. There doesn't seem to be an incentive for the lip sync assassin to win. I think-, I think it's interesting to give the other queens who didn't win the challenge a voice, like a vote like you know this idea of a democracy however I just feel like it's this opportunity to make it overly produced which is fine I don't mind the show being overly produced but I just feel like do it uh, in a way that can be semi-organic and not totally like oh we're gonna bring in this new twist but really we know the tea like who you want to go home is who's gonna go home like maybe like the lip sync assassin should represent like a charity or something oh that would be nice and be like look so they so we're gonna be donating five thousand dollars to this charity if Shea Coulee wins she gets the ten thousand dollars if the uh, listing assassin wins the charity gets ten thousand dollars as opposed to you know the five thousand or it gets tough because it's like what is the best way to go about this where there isn't some somebody going into it with like a well I don't care it doesn't matter to me if I win or not because I'm not competing if I lose it's not like I'm getting eliminated I'm not on the show if I win 
I don't win anything. Why not just give it to the queen who's competing? Also, okay, what the fuck? We... This is on season 12, and they're still only winning $100,000. Okay. It should at least be two fifty by now. At least. Bitch, I'm watching... (laughs) I am binge watching all these old the old vh1 reality shows like the i love new york's and neo flavor <laughs> of loves currently and we're yes. currently on i love money one and even they in 2008 or 2000 i think 2008 when that came out they were yeah. winning two hundred fifty thousand dollars for that prize to be on i love money so oh like come God. on drag race has definitely been a worldwide sensation with several spinoffs, like like yes, the world knows successful Argos. show. Yeah, up the up the prize, my god! And given given the price that these queens have to put into their art form, a hundred thousand dollars will go by like that. Yeah, exactly. It's expensive to be a queen, but I'm assuming it's probably very hard to be a a famous. Do you hear queen. that? What is that? Oh, the- that is the siren of the stupid firehouse next door. Oh shit! The purge is commencing. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't be shocked. Twenty twenty. Fuck, literally. So, who's your favorite uh, horror drag queen? Uh, Sharon Needles. I mean, I was rooting for her since yeah. the be- that episode one of season four. So it's only right that I put her in that spot. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I was obsessed with Sharon when she was on season four. Um, you know, I mean, obviously the hype around Sharon is has the you know, gone down and be the first like quirky like non like unconventional winner yes. because she was the first unpolished queen that won drag race and i feel like there have been several after that but she kind of was the one to be like i can win like i'm not as polished as raja and bb and tyro but i can right still it's not because it. uh, right because maybe it's not about the polish maybe it's about who i am and what i stand for and creativity that I bring like pushing boundaries I like the way Evie Oddly also introduces horror into some of her aesthetic also she does a great job with that and the Boulet brothers I know you you love you love Dragula I don't I love I'm not a huge Dragula person I I don't know maybe I just I'm you have to get past season one Yeah. Jake is still stuck on the quality of season one, <laughs> but we have to convince him. Season two and three of Dragula are great, and they're on Netflix. You need to watch them. All Give right. it a chance. All right, all right. I, I'll at least watch season three. I, I'll do. Okay, I'll do it because right. they get more advanced. The challenges, like the the people that are in the bottom, they like they have to get like tattoos and piercings. They get needles oh, stuck fuck. in them. I mean, fuck. instead of like a lip sync, they get these random ass shit thrown at them. It's so good. It's so oh good. It's so, and they don't limit themselves to just. Drag Race is known for limiting themselves to cisgendered men in drag. You know, they'll occasionally introduce a trans artist who does drag as well. But but Dragula does not. Dragula does drag kings. They do trans. They do women. I know Landon Sider. Yeah, Landon Sider, the winner of season three. I do know that. And I know that that Landon Sider is a big, is a pretty big prominent uh, drag king here in Southern California. (sighs) Landon Sider had me shook. I was like, oh my I, god. The things that I see of his on uh, on like Instagram, oh, amazing. I saw it like this crazy tin man. Landon Sider had me all the way together with that werewolf look. Have you seen it? 
I don't. I, know you uh, I probably haven't, but I do love it like a sexy werewolf. Oh, Ooh. you have to see Landon Sider's werewolf because I was confused. Like I was confused because I'm like, I know that's a woman underneath there, but damn. But yeah, Landon Sider, amazing Latina artist. Yes, yes work, bitch. Love that. Do you know who my yeah. favorite horror queen is? Come on now. Norman Bates. Let's get into that, girl. Let's do it. Drag, not, not drag per se, but drag does definitely pop up in a lot of horror movies that we know and love. Oh, yeah. It's in, like, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs, Terrifier, Cherry Falls, Dress to Kill, and of course, yeah. I think that the winner, if the, all of these bitches were competing on Dragula, the winner of that season would definitely be Norman Bates and Psycho. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> full wig, full dress. Fully realized full character. character oh, voice yeah. and he all. Dro- he, he was dropped in, honey. He is the OG. When your drag persona is half of your brain, right. a, a split you know, personality, that you know you're doing something right, mama. Norman Bates should be hosting Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> right next to the Belay Brothers. Ain't no bitch putting more time than Norman Bates. We need to talk about Psycho because Psycho, if it weren't for Psycho, we would not have the career, the podcasting career that we have. Oh, look at us. We are uh, Stars. soaring high <laughs> <laughs> in more ways than one. So Psycho was made in 1960 by Alfred Hitchcock, the legend. Um, Who? Psycho w- is based on the Psycho novels by Robert Bloch. It's a book series that was inspired by Ed Gein, who is the inspiration for so many other movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Silence of the Lambs. So Psycho follows Marion Crane, played by OG Scream Queen Janet Lee, mother to future Scream Queen Jamie Lee Lee Curtis. Curtis. Sorry, Jamie Lee Curtis, if you couldn't understand Right. (laughs) (laughs) So Marion and Psycho, she steals $40,000 from where she works, and she heads out of town. Along her road trip, a storm settles in, and she seeks refuge in a motel. She quickly finds the Bates Motel, which isn't very popular and has full vacancy. She meets the owner, Norman Bates, played masterfully by Anthony Perkins, who describes to her his love of performing taxidermy on birds, which is why I think her name is Marion Crane. Just a thought. Just a thought. (laughs) You're right. Um, So he... It also explains his complicated relationship with his mentally ill mother, Mrs. Bates. We never get a first name for her in the original movie. Um, As Marion talks with him, he takes a liking to her, and she overhears him arguing with Mother Bates in their house that overlooks the motel, basically calling her a whore. Um, so <laughs> Marion goes to her room. She undresses. She's getting ready for a shower. We see Norman peeking into her room through a hole in the wall. Marion starts to shower and Mrs. Bates enters the bathroom, pulls back the shower curtain and stabs Marion to death in a, one of uh, the legendary scenes of cinema. Oh, I think it is the absolutely most iconic scene in cinema history. It is. It totally, the way it's shot, everything. Everybody knows this scene. Yes. Everybody. Absolutely. If I, not, they at least have gone ee, 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 with a stabbing exactly. motion at least one time in their life. I think about Psycho every time I take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> so Norman is distraught to find out that Marion is killed. He cleans up the crime scene and dumps Marion's body along with her car and belongings in a nearby swamp. Um, Lila Crane is Marion's sister. 
and Sam Loomis is Marion's boyfriend. They team up and set out to locate Marion. However, a private investigator named Milton Arbogast is already looking for her and that $40,000. Arbogast retraces Marion's steps and soon finds the Bates Motel, where he finds out that Marion had actually checked in and when questioning a suspicious Norman, he demands to speak with Mrs. Bates, but Norman refuses. So Arbogast informs Lila of the motel before he returns to the scene, determined to question Mrs. Bates. Arbogast sneaks into the Bates house and is quick attacked by Mrs. Bates and stabbed to death. <laughs> With that, I, uh, that's another iconic one where he's falling down the stairs. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. Does he scream? I think he he does. Go, oh, oh. oh yeah. I think he kind of oh, does that. Oh, oh. Men yeah. don't scream. <laughs> not in the 60s not in the 60s no ma'am when Lila and Sam do not hear back from Arbogast they decide to check out Bates Motel while Sam distracts Norman Lila enters the Bates house to find Mrs. Bates Norman and Sam have a heated argument and Norman clubs Sam in the head and heads up to the house knowing that Lila has snuck in Lila hides and finds the cellar of the house and finds Mrs. Bates however she's a mummified corpse oh! Yes, yet another legendary scene in that movie. That part used to scare me so badly. It's still like scary, I would, yeah. I had ma- I had nightmares for years. Like or like a reoccurring Damn. nightmare. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I've seen that that skeleton but when it turns around in that chair with uh, her hollowed out eyes." Yes. yes. Mhm. So, Norman enters in full Mrs. Bates drag. Full geesh. No, sissy that walk. (laughs) So he's ready to kill the fuck out of Lila, ready to stab her. He has a knife in hand. Sam wrestles him to the ground. Norman is questioned by a psychiatrist in jail. It turns out that Mrs. Bates and her boyfriend were killed by Norman 10 years prior, and Norman developed a second personality that was basically Mrs. Bates, and even his voice would change. So his Mrs. Bates personality fully takes over Norman at the end of the movie. Um, Psycho became a massive success. It actually opened up to mixed reviews, but after its insane box office numbers, um, they made the uh, critics go back and reevaluate, which is which I've never heard of. No, but do you know what? Uh, yeah, they definitely needed to take a like a second look at this movie, right? Because it is is now considered one of like the top movies in cinematic history. Um, According to IMDb, it's like the number forty greatest movie of all time yeah see the number one horror film ever it was it was nominated for four academy awards which again for horror movies is unheard of um and it is now considered the grandmother of the slasher genre it went mm-hmm. on to spawn three sequels a 1998 remake which we'll get into <laughs> <laughs> and a tv movie that introduces this idea of a ridiculous alternate dimension that the bates motel has some kind of um, connection to um, it, that hell? came out in 1987 and it was called Bates Motel which brings us to the 2013 A&E series Bates Motel yes. Bates Motel premiered in 2013 and it concluded in 2017 Bates Motel follows the story of high school age Norman Bates played by Freddie Highmore and his mother Norma Bates played by Vera Farmiga who moved to a town called White Pine Bay which is different from the California setting of the original film. Right. Norma and Norman live uh, move into a a local off-road motel where they plan to restart their life after the mysterious death of Norman's father. Uh, over the course of five seasons, we meet an extended cast of characters from Norman's estranged half-brother 
Dylan, uh, Norman's classmate and later Bates Motel front desk clerk, Emma, and uh, finally the town sheriff, Alex Romero. Um, Over the five seasons, the Bates struggle to live a normal life as they're continuously caught up in trouble due to Norman's inexplicable blackouts that usually result in someone's death. As Norman's mental issues become more and more severe and Norma struggles to keep her head as well as the motel above water, we're led to the events of the film in the final season. And after a bit of a plot shakeup, the series continues the story just long enough so the audience is left with a satisfying and bloody conclusion. So in season five, it's like episode five and six, they get to the part of the story that the movie that the movie is. Mm-hmm. Marion Crane is played by no other than bad girl Riri herself, yes, Rihanna. Damn. They change up her character a little bit instead of the forty thousand dollars that she's that Marion Crane from nineteen sixty takes. She steals four hundred thousand dollars in oh, cash. Shit. Yeah, so which is something that they also did in the nineteen ninety eight remake was they upped the price. Four hundred thousand dollars is definitely like a more modern price. Right. I would take and off so, with four thousand dollars. Shit, I would take off right. with four hundred dollars <laughs> at <Right>. this point. <laughs> So her like backstory is a little different. They changed the character of Sam too, where Sam is actually secretly married. Marion Crane Rihanna doesn't know. She drives to the Bates Motel because I guess that was a place that her and Sam had stayed one night. They plan like to secretly meet at the hotel at the motel. And Rihanna's on the phone with him. It's like, oh, she's frustrated, so she goes to take a shower. And of course she had already met Norman. Like most of the things that happen happen in Psycho. So she gets in the shower, but instead of being famously murdered she walks out of the shower what you don't know is that like norman has a weird infatuation with sam's wife because she reminds him of his mother oh, God. and so he so he already hates he was so we had been introduced to sam loomis before this okay. and norman norman hates sam loomis so he sends marion rihanna off and she goes and then she like fucks the shit up out of his car and right. then she in true rihanna she, style in true rihanna <laughs> style okay so then she takes the money she gets in that car and she drives away and she throws her phone out the window and that's <laughs> it and that's the end of Marion Crane. But then the real twist, y'all wanted a twist. Sam shows up at the hotel. He's like calling her. He's like, where are you? I'm so sorry. And he's like, ugh, whatever. He's like, I'm just, I'm waiting for her at this hotel. I'm going to go take a shower. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. He gets in the shower and angry Norman who hates him. Ee, ee, ee. And then they recreate the shower scene with Brian Austin Green in the shower. Oh, so they switch shit. up. His sexy naked body was all stabbed Damn. up. And- it's 1998. Gus Van Sant made a shot for shot recreation of the original 1960 movie Psycho. Which is an absolutely ludicrous idea. It's and so redundant and so unnecessary. He wanted to, you know, introduce it to a new generation that maybe doesn't have the attention span to pay attention to a black and white film. So like, okay, the the effort is noble. He's like, I'm going to make it shot for shot. The same movie. The same film. It was 1998 in the movie, but the color palette is very 1960s. The costumes are, oh, could be a little so bit. weird. So many pastels. Oh my God. I li- As I was watching this last night, I was taking all kinds of notes because I'd never seen it all the way through and I, and I oh just went God. on a big old psycho binge. I was just like writing notes and literally my second note is, pastels question mark they're like hyper pastels like only like colors that like 
were probably used in fashion in like the 1960s. There are a few There's things that are added to the 1998 film, like when you sure. when you see um, Marion Crane and her boyfriend Sam Loomis talking, you hear people having sex in the background. When Norman oh, yeah. Bates is peeping through the hole in the wall at Marion, he's, he's masturbating. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's like some flashes of imagery that are supposed to, I guess, be representative of the mind of Norman, his sexually repressed mind. Oh, yeah. When Arbogast in the famous like stairs stairs scene, he gets slashed across the face. There's something that flashes first. I don't remember what it is. It's a woman and with a blindfold on. Yes. And then a picture of a cow in front of some fog. Oh, that's what, <laughs> yes. I'm like, what the hell is this supposed to represent? I mean, I'm sure there's some meaning behind it, but I don't get it. And there's slightly more nudity. Um, you see the side of Anne Heche's boob. Oh, yeah. You see a little tit. You see a little booty. Oh, yeah. You see Viggo Mortensen's booty. Viggo Mortensen has never looked better than he did in Psycho 1998. Hot Southern hick. Uh-huh. Julianne Moore's character, her li- version of Lila, also sometimes has a Southern accent. Do I'm they like, think people in Arizona um, have that's what I said. country accents? That's I was like, do people in Arizona talk like people from the South? Like, I know Arizona's technically in the South, but it's a different. It's It's like West Coast South. It's not like, yeah, yeah, it's not like. They're all, they're talking like this. They're like, I got to go out there, get the Bates Motel. Where's my sister? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I'm not to compare talent, but Janet Lee does such an amazing job in the car scenes where it's just like her face and those voices are playing in her head and she's like changing her face all the time. And then you get Anne Heche and she's just like stone faced. Very different. Very different. As far as like the Normans go. Anthony Perkins is the best. Oh, of course. But I, I kind of had some trouble like differentiating like I didn't I don't know what Vince Vaughn because Vince Vaughn yeah everybody knows Vince Vaughn Vince Vaughn is, he he played Norman, Norman in, in, in the 1990 yeah and I I I don't know I didn't see much different in his performance than Perkins and I was and I had read that that him and Julianne Moore like consciously try to make their characters different from the original I don't know I didn't see much difference in in the performance I thought I think they're both they're Obviously, Anthony Perkins, like, really nails it, but... I think that Vince Vaughn adds this element of flamboyancy that Anthony Perkins is... Anthony Perkins was kind of already like that, just as Anthony Perkins, but... Um, I think what you that, saying, girl? I think he was part of our community, girl. <laughs> but um, Vince Vaughn um, adds that flamboyancy to his character. He kind of is like flouncy and kind of flighty, and does this whole like when he's talking to Arbogast, it's almost like yeah, he's like oh my flirting gosh. with them almost. There was like a sexy moment that he and Vigo have where they like when he when he, when, he when Sam goes. Yes, when he locks yes. the door. I, I literally, like, gasped. I was like, oh. I was like, ooh, wait. This is kind of... I'm like, you should start flirting with him. Yes, <laughs> like, that's what I thought. And I actually wrote this in my notes earlier. Like, Julianne Moore, her Lila even resorts to, like, flirting with with uh, Norman. Norman, which I thought was an interesting choice. When she winks. <laughs> yeah, so she winks. Uh, I was like, okay. So, like, that, like, just, like... So they did, like, consciously try to make it... Slightly different. different. Try to make it their own. It's just not as good. I do like Vince Vaughn's Dormant Bates. I do think he's good. And you know what? He looks... Okay, we're talking about Vince Vaughn here. But, like, he looks kind of cute. I was like, okay. Well, I've always thought Vince Vaughn was cute. Really? Yeah, because my introduction to Vince Vaughn was The Lost World, Jurassic Park. (laughs) So I always thought since then that he was, like, 
cutie. I was like, oh, wait, Vince Vaughn, you were like cute back in the day. And there's like a scene where he's like walking up the stairs and we get like a good shot of his they do. I was, like, I was turned I was like, on. Yes. <laughs> literally, we we have like, the same mind. I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I was like, Norman Bates got cake. When he is running Norman up cakes. those stairs with that turtle, that black turtle neck and those blue pants. Yes. He's running up is, the stairs. Yes. And I was, I was literally like, 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 I would totally hit that from the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Try to stab me, I'll stab you back. Okay. What's crazy, the craziest thing about 1998 Psycho is that it's directed by Gus Van Sant, who, if you're not familiar, he's directed I mean, To Die For, Goodwill Hunting, Milk. So I'm like, how the hell did he end up making this and making it the way he did? Because he's a he was a fan and he like when uh he was asked famously like why he made it shot for shot, and he said, So no one else would have to. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's kind of I mean, clever. Okay. That's fair. I mean, and it's it, not- it's not terrible. It's just unnecessary. Why? It's just unnecessary. But it's, it's not like, why? awful. Like, but the best thing about like, Psycho 1998 is the poster. <laughs> not to, <laughs> I remember not seeing that poster, poster all it's, over yeah. the place when it was being marketed, and I remember seeing it at bus stops and billboards. And it's just that hand coming down the shower curtain with the blood, and it says. Um, check in, relax, take a shower. <laughs> like, oh my I'm god! Like, what how sexy? <laughs> <laughs> I just remember seeing it in uh, Blockbuster a lot, and like being like, that movie is probably way too graphic for me. Mm-hmm. And it's totally <laughs> not obviously because there's like a naked lady like in silhouette, and I was like, oh no, I can't watch that. I'm gonna oh be yeah, turned on. <laughs> there, that's like that's another poster too. It's just it's like her silhouette like taking a shower. What um, happened to Anne Heche? What happened to her? I think she was had oh, some yeah. mental illness struggles. Oh yes, yeah, probably. Who does? Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Not in that in that circ- in that Hollywood game. I don't know who doesn't. So let's talk about the original film a little bit. So uh, one of my favorite things about the movie is um, the score. I think the score is so brilliant, cool. It's brilliant. It's like all strings. It was made by Bernard Herrmann, and it is intense. Really brings the sense of urgency to the story, and you're yeah. like constantly on edge because mm-hmm. like, yeah. like I love it. Yeah. It's it, yeah, it does give you that suspense and that like, ooh, ooh, where is she gonna yeah, go? Like, How so, she, like she gonna do? Ha- the intensity is is high right now. Yeah, um, Alfred Hitchcock's direction for this movie is stellar. I know that he put people. I put I hit all his actors in all his films. I know he put them through some trauma, but he got the perfect shots for every movie oh that he gosh. made. I was reading about the movie yesterday, and I guess he he told um, Janet Lee, he's like, I hired you because you're an actress. He said, I will only direct you for three things. A, if you take too much of your share of the pie. Two, if you don't take enough. Or three, if you're having trouble motivating a movement. Other than that, like... Okay. Like, that's why I hired you, because you're an actress. I was like, yeah, it's okay, Can't Janet work. Lee. Yeah. She had to shoot that psycho scene so many times that she ended up taking baths for the rest of her life. Oh, yeah. I mean, my God. Yeah, it went on for, like, days. And Have you ever seen uh, Hitchcock? Yes, I saw in theaters. I don't really remember it too much. Oh, my God, but Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Scarlett Johansson as Janet Leigh. I'm sorry, (laughs) but she did not do her justice at all. When they released those publicity shots of her in the shower scene, she's like... The water is in her face. I'm like, Janet Lee never looked like that in that scene. (laughs) 
some other like fun things about this movie. Like I know this movie was um, they weren't sure what how it was going to turn out. And they were trying to do it on a really limited budget. Like, they made this movie mm-hmm. for less than a million dollars. Which was a departure Al- from his previous films. Right. And Alfred Hitchcock, he wanted to, like, make a statement because he had been making all these movies with all these, like, big movie stars and A-list people. And I think he was, like, being, a, you know, a fucking artist like he is. Or, like, I want to make something with not well-known people because Anthony Perkins and all of that, they, they weren't really like big names yet. Okay. You know, luckily they became like iconic for the roles that they played. They played in this film as they're making the film, they finished it early and oh, wow. that like made Alfred Hitchcock nervous. And he was like, honestly, he's like, I think I might just cut it down to an hour and make it an episode of my show. Oh wow. Alfred Hitchcock presents. He sent whatever, he sent all the stuff to be edited, and it came back with a score, and he watched it and was like, oh, wait, this is good. So that's when the magic happened, when the score was added. Yes. Like, he was like, no, he's like, I don't know how this is going to be. Um, they, I mean, they shot it in black and white just because it was cheap. It wasn't anything having to do, because they was were making... There was a technicolor maybe, option. Oh, yeah, and they made it, he made it purposely black and white because it was cheap because they were trying to do this movie for as little money as possible. It wouldn't have been the same movie in color. Actually, my grandma owned a version of Psycho that was eventually colorized and it's so not the same movie. I mean, yeah. It's kind of like that same 1998 effect where it's like really colored where it's like you get a lot of brightness and you're like, Yes, and you're like, why why are these people like a weird... Like sallow shade of yellow. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I never pictured her dress being um, turd green. <laughs> yeah. I always think about this. I was like, oh my gosh, there are so many movie stars that people knew about that they'd never seen in color before. That's crazy to think that. Isn't that, equi- isn't that weird? Yes. It'd be like, it'd be like, I don't know, like, like beyonce and knowing who she is and loving her but never having seen her wear color or something like that. yeah you know? or never that? seeing the shade of her skin or hair or anything you're just isn't that weird leave it up to the imagination that is an absolutely random thought i just had but. <laughs> um another crazy thing about psycho was that it was the first movie in history to show a flushing toilet oh my gosh i was gonna say that next <laughs> I think that is so funny i think that is such a funny fact about this movie but it's but it's probably true you think that movies and stuff in the 1950s 60s were showing toilets like no no. they they were they had such a stick of their ass about everything everything well psycho i mean even for alfred hitchcock to want to do psycho based on the novel that was already out it was like that novel was graphic and it's like to put that on film uh uh-uh right and this movie was probably so terrifying back then. I mean, my God, like, you think that people had seen that, ever seen that amount of violence, that amount of, like, you know, sexually driven violence, too? Like, I think there's audio of an audience watching it from back in the day. The, this reveal of Mrs. Bates turning the chair. And when it turns around and they show that mummified face, the audience goes, ah! <laughs> like, they oh, are sh- fucking terrified. Yeah, they had never seen anything like that before. No, it was definitely, it definitely spearheaded the slasher genre, for sure. Because if you compare right. that to what we see now, if you don't know film very well, you're not going to appreciate Psycho. If you don't give a shit about movies, or, you know, whatever. It, yeah, you're going to be like, this movie is so stupid. Especially, stupid. 
they hadn't figured out the formula yet. And I was talking to Joey, my boyfriend, about this while we were watching it last night. At the end of Psycho, they have a random doctor who had never been seen on film on in the film prior come out and he explains the situation. We were watching it last night. At the end of Psycho, they have a random doctor who had never been seen on film on in the film prior come out and he explains the situation he explains the motive he explains the psychosis of norman bates yeah. and joey made the comment he was like um he's like it's so funny nowadays if in a movie like this he would have explained it himself i was like that's absolutely that's absolutely uh-huh. true like yeah. the formula hadn't been cre- like created yet so we have all these people killed and then the killer reveals himself their plan and then we have a section of the film where we see the killer after we know who they are yeah you know or, what, or like what they really are and this film like gets up to that point and then ends norman bates is actually the is actually the killer dresses the mom and that's the big reveal, and that's that that is like end of the movie. That's as far as they had got up in developing this idea, yeah, of the formula of the sla- of like a slasher film, which I think in itself didn't even need to be explained. I, I think they could have left that whole part out, and we could have just left it up to the audience. But I think that oh my gosh, the audience back then it? wasn't that smart. But for the <laughs> slasher films to follow, the three slasher films that came out after Psycho were. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, and Halloween. And in all three movies, they never explain why the killers do what that they is, do. That is true. That has that probably started in probably the 80s, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. I, I think two years after Halloween was made, Friday the 13th was made. And we had a whole rundown of why oh, right. Mrs. Voorhees right. was it's, killing people. I. I bet, I bet that is true. I bet that's when that formula started, is when we got the reveal of Mrs. Voorhees. And all of a sudden she, and she was explaining why she just had to kill all these campers and all, you know, and we hadn't reached that point with psycho yet. So it does to this generation, it would feel like an incomplete film. Right. But, but back then that's all they needed. I think it's that was the scariest. It is really interesting to think about. It is interesting. And you know, um, psycho has implemented itself in so many other forms of cinema the name sam loomis went on to be the name of the psychiatrist for michael myers and halloween dr sam loomis yeah and then loomis was used for billy loomis the killer in scream one and the mother son relationship the mother creating a psycho and her son went on for friday the 13th scream hello (laughs) oh yeah there there is something to be said about a boy and his mom like that a boy's best friend is his mother Right, a boy's best friend is his mother. Absolutely. There's like that age old like mother son. Are you talking thing. about like the exploration into a mother son relationship, like how the son's mind is yes. like developed? Yes, and like how the dependency on the on each other. You know, a lot of I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I I feel like that's like a very I, definitely the dependency strikes a chord gaping. because I think that well myself being raised from like a single mother like Norman Bates has a single mother, <laughs> you know, so it's like this they kind of like have to like rely on each other for a lot of things, uh, to the point where when she gets a boyfriend Norman Bates decides that he's gonna just kill them. Can't take it. He's jealous. He's jealous because it's it's about like you know sons not wanting to they want to protect their mother they don't want their mother influenced by any outside forces 
the mama's boy thing. And he still needed like, his mother because he was still acting out conversations with his mother of her telling him, well, you yeah. can't talk to that girl. Well, I mean, he, he became his mother. Like, he became he, his mother. Yeah. He was disciplining often, himself as his mother. And often was his, more more often than not, was his mother than he was himself. By the end of Psycho, I think that he was just his mother in the end. Like when he's thinking and he's sitting there and he's like, they're going to look at me and think she would never have to fly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He's fully mom. Yeah. That transatlantic accent that they used to use in old movies. I, oh, why my gosh. Hilarious. That? Because they thought it was just elevated. <laughs> elevated English. Yeah. They wanted to separate the stars from the regular people. Yeah. Don't they talk about that in Hollywood? They Did do. you watch Hollywood? Yeah, and I, they they talked about um, that transatlantic accent, and I'm like, wow, I'd never. I just assumed people talked like that back then. I thought it was like, yeah. I thought it was like the de-evolution of the English accent. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Probably. I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird because it's like those are are mainly our our references when it comes to like <laughs> that era. Yeah. And like all we see is people talking like that. Yeah. It's safe to assume they're like, oh, obviously people talked like that, and. We've just progressively gotten more or less eloquent. It's like, no, they were uh, teaching that in a speech class for actresses and actors. They'll talk like this, and it's yeah. just like this higher form. It's not, it's like not a British accent. It's just... It has British elements. Yeah, it just sounds more refined. I had a girl... Imagine I took drama class with a girl who spoke like that. And she was like, we were oh. watching a movie, and she was like, um, uh, I don't know, I forgot the teacher's name. Uh, teacher, you know, she was like, uh, what is this actor's name? I've seen him in many performances before. And I'm like, why the fuck does she talk like that? And she was like that all the time. Oh, my God. One time I, had, I met a girl, and she came up to me, and she said, how do you do? And I literally had <laughs> not a clue how to answer and i was like i i do i do well i guess how how are you like i was like i was just so unprepared for that question i was like how do you do how do people actually answer that question how do you do i I do i do fine yeah girl how do you do girl i do bad all by myself All right, listeners. Well, if you have a chance and you've never seen any of these, either the 1960, the 1998, the 2017 Bates Motel 2 episode arc that features this, check them out. Check them They're out. They're amazing. I definitely they would recommend 1960 Psycho. And then if you feel like having a laugh, 1998 Psycho. And Absolutely. if you want to see Rihanna as Marion Crane, 2017. <laughs> Wait, real quick. Rank them. Who do you want? Best Marion Crane. Rihanna. <laughs> She's a bad girl. Bad girl, Riri. <laughs> um, oh, Janet Lee is by far the superior yes. Marion Crane. All right, number two. Who is it? Anne Heche. Really? Yeah, Anne Heche okay. gives a decent performance. That's true. Okay, my... okay. Yes, you're right. Anne Heche gives a good performance. I think Rihanna's performance is saved by the change in the story. The script, basically. Yeah, by the script, yes. Yeah. The change up and giving her character with a beginning, middle, end. She good has, for her. She has I mean, more she's not, control over her life than the other Marion. Right. right. And, you know, her acting is not offensive. 
No, but, uh, she definitely because when I was think when I first heard that she was going to be playing Marion Crane in the recreation of Psycho in Bates Motel, I was I like, said, excuse what? me, because I just thought about Bring It On three. <laughs> when she was in there playing herself and she couldn't even do that. Rihanna is a singer who is, you know, she's dipping her foot in the pond. She did her Ocean's 8 and her battleships. Oh, I loved her in Ocean's 8. I think that we'll be talking about Rihanna next week too because next week we're going to dive into female icons that have shaped mm-hmm. us into the men we are today. Yes. Um, but with the most important one being Elvira. Uh. I can't yes, wait to everybody. talk about her. I cannot wait. Are we doing the movies? Is that what we're doing? We can do Mistress of the Dark, but I think it would be interesting just to talk about Elvira as a personality if we just okay. do our okay. research. Great. I love that. Well, listeners, if you would like to follow along, I would say um, watch Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and I think you should watch Elvira's Haunted Hills. <laughs> I, you know, anyway, we'll talk about it all next week. But, um, yeah, I think that sounds like a great idea. Yes, I'm so excited. And I know that you're dying to talk about Gaga. So this is going to be the perfect opportunity <sighs> to bring her up to. Exactly. And everybody, if you don't buy Chromatica, please turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> please move on. You know, um, I have already in my head my number one female icon. She is from reality TV. <laughs> and I'm going to let you sit on that and think about it and tell me who you think it oh, is next week. Oh, believe me. I know. I know. <laughs> you, you, I know who this is. And I know you love her. <laughs> I, I love her to this day, bitch. <laughs>